1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So this means that in the body of Christ, we all have a role to play. We are all called to use our gifts to build up the body. Some are more upfront and some are more behind the scenes, but all are valuable and necessary. Our ushers serve faithfully week after week, showing Christ's love through their smiles and through their acts of service. So I'd like you to please welcome Jessica Fritz and Jacob Gray as they come and share about what it means to them to be a part of the usher team. Thank you, Carrie. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jessica Fritz. I'm Jacob Gray. And um, we are both team captains in the Usher Greeter Ministry for the Modern Service. Um, you may have noticed some of us greeting you when you arrive, passing you the offering bags, uh, maybe telling you when your row should go up to do communion. So you all have been kind of in front row seats to what we do on a daily basis. Um, we currently have five teams of ushers and greeters, each led by a single team captain. They serve once a month, including the fifth Sunday of the month, which happens every once in a while. And Jacob's going to take it from here. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what greeters and ushers do. And it's pretty self-explanatory. Greeters greet, right? So they greet you as you walk in. Um, they hand you the bulletins. They help welcome you in um, and help you really just prepare for your heart for worship. Um, ushers help help you find a seat. They help collect with tithes and offerings. Um, greeters and ushers together help lay out friendship pads so that you can um, have your name information written down so that we can contact you and reach out to you about serving. But it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, you probably were already greeted by two sets of greeters before you walked in, one by Wendy out on the outside of the church, and then another set of greeters when you came in. And so um, greeters are super important to helping you make the service run smoothly. So you might be wondering, are there any specific skills you need to be qualified to be an usher and greeter? And the answer is absolutely not. Um, you need to love Christ, love one another, love our city, and also be willing to just devote a little bit of your time. And it is not a big time commitment. You need to arrive about 30 minutes early before the 9.30 service that's starting. Um, and that's actually something that we wanted to mention. Um, one of the great opportunities we have with the 9.30 that's starting in a few weeks is there are twice as many opportunities for you all to volunteer. So that is great news. Um, and so you need to arrive early for the 9.30, that would be about nine o'clock. Early for the 11 o'clock, that'd be about 10.30 in case you need help with math. Um, and we are going to right now um, send some sign-up sheets around the room. So please put down your name and info if you have any interest. And even if you just want more information, make your final decision later, that would be great. Um, if you have any questions, ask one of us, Jane Watson, um, any of our wonderful team captains who can stand up really quickly to identify themselves. Thank you. Um, and if you don't sign up today and we see you here on a regular basis, um, don't be surprised if you get a very, very kind email or text from us, just giving you a gentle nudge. So thank you very much.
Thank you so much, uh, Jacob and Jessica, um, and um, thank you all of the Usher team for serving so faithfully. Let me pray for them, and then we'll move on in our service. Lord, we thank you um, for everyone who serves in this church. We thank you uh, particularly right now for the usher and greeter team. We pray that you would encourage them and bless them and that you would call others to join in this vital ministry. Um, They really are the face of our church. So we just thank you for their service on your behalf. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Please take a moment to find the friendship pad at the end of your aisle and fill it out, um, pass it down. When it gets to the end, pass it back um, so that we may help you connect with our larger body here at First Pres. And now is the time of the service where we worship him through the giving of his tithes and our offerings. He gives to us generously and we give back a portion um, of what he gives to us to show our trust in him and also to um, advance his kingdom. So would the ushers please come forward. Please pray with me. Oh Lord, we come before you this morning with gratitude for who you are and all that you have done in a world that is uncertain, ever-changing, and chaotic. You are steadfast. 
In a world that constantly lets us down, you uphold us. In a world that loves us only when we perform or live up to their expectations, you love us unconditionally. We say along with the psalmist, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. And yet, O oh Lord, there are so many things that compete for our affection. <clears throat> there are so many idols that we cling to, sometimes without even realizing it. We seek approval from others, success or achievements, instead of looking to you for our sense of worth. We seek comfort in entertainment or substances instead of going to the God of all comfort. We seek belonging in broken, sinful people instead of embracing our identity as beloved children who belong to you. We seek security in our possessions, our bank accounts, or our social status instead of in you, our rock and our hiding place. Oh Lord, we are sorry. Hear now our silent individual prayers of confession. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Help us to turn from our sin and to walk in the newness of life that you offer us each and every day. Lord, we pray for those in this room or watching online who are struggling. Maybe they're battling anxiety or depression and they feel like they're losing the fight. Maybe they're buried in debt and don't know how to come out of it. Maybe some are experiencing deep conflict with another person that seems unresolvable. Perhaps some are suffering from physical pain or illness and others are crippled by an addiction. Whatever it is, we all have struggles. We all have weaknesses. We all need your healing touch. Lord, help us to hear your voice today and to know the strength, power, and love of your presence. Help us to walk forward knowing that we are not alone. Help us to lay down our burdens before you because you are able and you care for us. Your word says that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Help us to cast off the heavy burdens we have put on ourselves or allowed others to put upon us. Help us to take on your yoke instead. We pray for our church that we would be unified by your spirit, each member using his or her gifts for the building up of your body. Help us to walk with you individually as we also walk with you corporately. Help us to be people who know your voice and listen to you. We pray for our usher ministry that you would encourage and strengthen those whom are serving and that you would raise up those whom you are calling to join their team. We pray for our local and global missions partners that they would also use their gifts for the building up of your body, both here and around the globe. We pray for our neighbors who live on the streets right outside this church. Give us wisdom and compassion to be neighbors to them, to love our neighbors in tangible, practical ways. Help us to see you in every person we encounter, whether across the street or across the globe. We lift up the people in Alaska that our mission team served earlier this month. We pray for your peace and blessing to rest on their community. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus, using the words that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. My name is Andy Napoli, and today I have the privilege of reading Psalm 9. Today we turn to Psalm 9 as we look at a song for thanksgiving to God. And I invite you to follow along in Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 through 11 in your own Bibles, or look it up to the screens as I read the passage aloud. Hear the word of the Lord. I will give you give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will reaccount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you, Lord. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For, for you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have revoked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their names forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice and he judges the world. Oops. <laughs> and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And these and those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek in you. Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell the peoples his deeds. Now please join me in the call and response printed on the screens. All, fle all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. Thank you, Andy. Yes, give him a round of applause. I just love having kids up here in worship. If other kids are interested in serving in that way, please let us know. And also, gosh, what a sweet time of worship. Thank you, John, for leading us with your team. Callan has been touring. He's like famous, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Callan, if you're watching, good for you. And um, he's going to be back, but we have been so blessed by John and the team in the last couple of weeks. So if you know John, give him a thank you. It was a sweet time of worship as we continue to worship our God. Um, so those who, who don't know me, my name is Becky Pritchard. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Grateful to be with you today as we continue our sermon series on the Psalms, the songs and spiritual psalms of Scripture. Today, as Andy read, we are looking at Psalm 9, and it's a perfect add-on to last week's message on Psalm 95. Now, if you weren't here last week, that's okay. You aren't going to miss anything, but last week we talked about a song for praise, and we talked about how the focus of our praise either leads us to ruin and destruction 
or it leads us to be drawn closer to God. And how when we're so focused on the world around us and praise the things right before us, we lose sight of praise of the one true God. So today we're continuing this idea of praise by narrowing it a little bit and talking about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, being grateful, offering thanks to God, is a form of praise to our God. And Psalm 9 illustrates a gratitude, a great thanksgiving to God for all the ways he's been faithful to David. David's the one who wrote this psalm. And to David's people, God's people, the Israelites. As we know, they had a struggle to get free of slavery and get into the promised land. So as we read this psalm, it encourages our own gratitude and our thankfulness. So as we prepare to jump into the word of God, let us turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable in your sight, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. So as we begin today, we're going to be looking about gratitude. And you probably have been hearing a lot about gratitude. I feel like the older that I get, more and more things on social media and out on um, YouTube and different things are like, be grateful. And in th- near Thanksgiving around November, there's the gratitude challenges of every day, say something you're grateful for and share it with the world. On Thanksgiving, we sit around the table and we share what we're grateful for. But sometimes throughout the year, we forget to offer thanks. We kind of leave that for November and we kind of go about our day and our lives. But gratitude has become one of the forefront self-help, what what would I say, ideas, things that help you in your life to become a better, more happy, more whole, healthier person. It's one of the best practices being practiced secularly. Like, let's be grateful. The more gratitude you have, the more positive you will be in your life, the happier you might be. But it's really grounded in our faith as followers of Christ. As people of God, we are made to be grateful for what God has done in our lives. So beyond the secularism of gratitude, it is a deep spiritual practice that can change our hearts and our minds in the midst of a world of darkness. Psalm 9 is this great expression of gratitude. It's written, as I said, by David, and he's giving thanks to God for all that he's done. We see this in the very first verse. It begins with the line, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. So you can see he establishes from the very start what this is about. This is not a half-hearted praise. This is not a thanks for a few things. Thanks for some things. Thanks for when it's been good in my life. This is a wholehearted praise. You guys can understand what that means, right? Half-hearted thanks is like this. For instance, I've got a three-year-old, and we're on the way home from school, and it's hot, and he's hungry, and it's 5.30, and we can't wait till dinner. No way. So he says, Mommy, I need a snack. And so I pull out a snack, and it's just not the one he wants. But I'm like, this is what we got. I throw it back to him. He opens it up, and I'm like, what do you say? And he's like, thanks. Is that a wholehearted or a half-hearted? 
That's a half-hearted, right? When you know you have to, you got to say thanks to be polite, but really you would rather have the jelly beans or like totally ruin your dinner with something really yummy and instead you get like a fruit bar or something. Thanks. Whereas a wholehearted praise would be that same three-year-old who's been asking and begging for that lawnmower all year long and Christmas Day comes and the lawnmower is under the tree and it's like, Mommy, thank you! That is a wholehearted praise, right? Where he just oozes out of you. You know it's genuine and you're not saying it because you have to, but, be, but because you can't help but give thanks to God. So you see the difference here. David is giving a wholehearted praise to God. A thanksgiving that is so full, it covers every bit of his life and of what God has done for him. A wholehearted praise praise. No prompting necessary. It's not a have to. It's not a because I should or to have good manners. It's not so that God will love you more, but it's out of the overflow of your heart, a genuine gratitude for what God has done in your life. David does this by giving thanks for all of the wonderful deeds of the Lord. He recounts, he remembers, he looks back on the ways that God has shown up for him and his people in the past. He gives thanks for all of it. He is specific in his gratitude, even when things were difficult. This recounting helps him to remember that the Lord has been faithful over and over again. Even if his current circumstances don't look good, he can remember that God brought him through years ago, right? God has provided in the past. It helps to fuel his future trust in God that he will provide again. It helps him to be specific about the things of God. Sometimes we get in a difficult place in our lives and we sort of spiral into the darkness. I don't know about you, but I have these moments of not being able to stop the thoughts of negativity, right? And you're going and it's, you know, late at night and you can't fall asleep because you can't stop thinking about the things. And sometimes the only thing that can get you out of it is to start giving thanks, to remember last year, God got you through it, to recount the times in your lives where it's been hard and God has shown up. We go, oh, that's right, that's right. God was with me then. God is with me now. Thank you, God, for being with me. Thank you, God, for being with me. It's an act of praise. David is recounting these things of God. Rather than just focusing on the circumstances right in front of us, he turns to God to think about the ways that God has provided for his people in the past. And it changes all of our perspectives when we do just the same thing. Here are some of the things in Psalm 9 that David recounts about God. This is amazing. I mean, really, truly, we read these things, and you're like, of course God does that. But when we really think about the goodness and the miraculous power of God, it's astounding. It's uh, no, re- no wonder we don't just go around talking about it all the time. So verse 3, God has caused the enemies to stumble and perish. So anybody that's been against the Israelite people, God's taken care of it. God has, verse 5, God has rebuked the nations and made the wicked perish. Verse 7, God sits enthroned forever, the judge, and he judges the world with righteousness. We're all about justice, right? God sits on a throne of justice, and he cares for his people, and he judges with righteousness. Verse 9, God has maintained justice for the weak and the oppressed, even in times of trouble. God is there. He is faithful for those who do not have a voice, who are oppressed, who are weak, and who are poor in spirit. 
God is there. David gives thanks for all of the ways that God has been in his life, in the life, working in his life and the lives of those of his people. Giving thanks to God in our own lives helps us to see beyond ourselves. Often our worlds can get quite small. Everything that we do is about us and our families and our work and our lives and our food and our fun and our everything. But when we give thanks to God, our worlds sort of begin to open up and we see that we are one of billions and that God's faithfulness goes far beyond his care for us in our everyday lives. It can be that specific, and it's good to get specific about thanksgiving to God. But also when we step back and we see the goodness of God throughout time, mind blown, perspective given, okay, my life's not so bad. Okay, this, this challenge right now is small in comparison to the world. Just like when we talked about it last week, what we prioritize as most important to us is where the focus of our praise will be. So when we focus on our circumstances and when we let our circumstances dictate our happiness, we will always, over and over again, end up disappointed. We can celebrate and give thanks for the job. We can celebrate and give thanks for the healthy child. We can celebrate and give thanks for all the good things in our lives, but those are not guaranteed. We might lose the job. Our child might get sick. We may not have money to make rent. If we put all of our hope and our praise into those things right before us and they all go away, we are left with nothing. And so we must give thanks to God, the giver of those gifts, that even when we're left with nothing, we still have something, hope in Jesus Christ. We focus our eyes above our circumstances, and we gain perspective to see a world bigger than our own. In verse 2 of Psalm 9, in addition to recounting all the things the Lord has done, he continues and he says, I will be glad and exult in you. So it's not just a praise and a thanksgiving and leave it there. It's truly a being filled with gladness, overfilled with so much thankfulness and love that we feel glad. That's not just happy-go-lucky, yay, everything's working for me. That's a gladness that can only come from the Lord because of what he has done. It doesn't just end with saying thank you, but it's this filling by the Spirit as we see our lives differently because of God. There have been studies that, are, that have shown that the more grateful somebody is, the more brain, their brain chemistry is more positive, less need for anxiety medication, depression medication. People that list out every single day in their journals things to be grateful for it really changes their whole attitude on life. They're happier and healthier people. They sleep better, exercise more, because again, they're focused on the little things to be grateful for rather than dwelling on the things to grumble about. Gratitude and grumbling go hand in hand, right? We can either choose to grumble about our circumstances or we can choose to be thankful in gratitude. So why don't we do this more? If it really does make us healthier, if we are happier people when we're grateful, why don't we just sit down and be people of gratitude? 
Why can't we just sit down every day and make sure I'm going to write my list of things I'm thankful for? Maybe some of you do, and maybe I need to learn from you. But it's really easy to sort of get distracted, and the big negative things seem harder and more in our face, and it's harder to see through into the light in our lives. Or maybe we've tried it for a while, and we just didn't see a change in our health and our happiness because we were focused again on the circumstances rather than on the God that gives us the blessings. We're thanking God. We're thanking for the wrong things, for the temporal things around us rather than giving God the glory in our thanksgiving. When we are glad in the Lord, filled up in gratitude by God and for God, our gladness lasts forever. Do you want to know why? Because God doesn't change. God is forever. God's love will endure all of time. Anything on this earth that is ever-changing, God does not change. So when we're glad in the Lord, God is praised, and we are changed because of the gladness. We're joyful even when things stink, even when life is hard. Because, friends, it's hard, right? We are not in a world of roses and daisies all the time. We have sin in our lives that cause pain and hurt. We are lost people in need of a Savior, and we have an answer to our our wandering through Jesus Christ. It's easy to be grateful when things are going well, but what about when things are hard? How do we have gratitude in the midst of pain? A perfect illustration of giving thanks in all things comes from a book called The Hiding Place. I don't know if you've read this. Corey Tinboom, Corey and her sister Betsy um, were in a concentration camp during World War II because they, as Christians, were trying to help the Jewish people. It's a really good book. It's very short if you want to read it. Um, I recommend it. It's interesting. Um, Anyway, in the book, Corey and her sister Betsy, they're sent to a Nazi concentration camp, and they were led by Christ. Spirit. I mean, they are full. They had a Bible with them. They were full of the Word of God. They were dwelling in God's love for them. And they were in really, really bad circumstances, like really bad. And they continued to praise and thank God in all things. So I'm going to read a short excerpt. It's very powerful to see how the words of Scripture fill. Corey and Betsy's life. This has happened, this takes place in the book right when they first arrive at a new concentration camp called Ravensbrück, which was notorious as a women's extermination camp. And they had just gotten to their new barracks, and it was the worst they'd been in so far. They'd been in a couple before this. It was stinky, it had fleas everywhere, it was overcrowded, it was horrible. And Corey asks Betsy how they're going to live in such a place. And Betsy remembers the passage of scripture they had read just that very morning. It was from 1 Thessalonians. And so listen as I read this excerpt. It says, Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ. That's it, Corey. That's his answer. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we can do. We can start right now to thank God for every single thing about this new barracks. I stared at her, then around me at the dark, foul-aired room, such as, I said, such as being assigned here together. I bit my lip. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Such as what you're holding in your hands. 
I looked down at the Bible. Yes, thank you, dear Lord, that there was no inspection when we entered here. Thank you for all the women here in this room who will meet you in these pages. Yes, said Betsy. Thank you for the very overcrowding here. Since we're packed so close, that many more will hear. She looked at me expectantly. Corey, she prodded. Oh, all right. Thank you for the jammed, crammed, stuffed, packed, suffocating crowds. Thank you, Betsy went on serenely, for the fleas. And for the fleas, this was too much. Betsy, there's no way even God can make me grateful for a flea. Give thanks in all circumstances, she quoted. It doesn't say in pleasant circumstances. Fleas are part of this place where God has put us. And so we stood between piers of bunks and gave thanks for fleas. But this time, I was sure Betsy was wrong. Is that not a great illustration of being thankful in all circumstances, right? Like none of us, I hope in here, have ever had to encounter such horrific circumstances in our lives, right? Like waiting the extra few minutes in the Starbucks line because they're moving a little slow is not quite this, right? I mean, we have pain in our lives, do not get me wrong, and there is no comparison of struggle. Struggle is struggle, but giving thanks in all circumstances. Hey, they got to keep their Bible. Hey, they got to be together as sisters. Hey, even the fleas, God placed us here for a reason. There is a reason that we're here. Let us thank God, because we don't know why we're here. And the amount of women who came to know Jesus Christ in those barracks because those two women shared about Jesus through from their Bibles every single day was astounding. People's hearts and lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit through two weak, broken, hurting women in a terrible circumstance. We see in our scripture that it's not just about giving thanks and being glad, but it's about telling others about who God is. Verse 11, the last verse that sweet Andy read, says this, Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the people his deeds. Not only are we grateful, but we're called to tell others about the wonderful deeds of God. Just like Corey and Betsy, they read out loud, even though it was unsafe, about who Jesus was and the transformational aspect of their, that he had on their lives. Powerful testimony to God's goodness as he worked through a horrible circumstance. We are called to share about the love of God. We are called to share about those wonderful deeds that we already recounted and reminded ourselves and gave thanks for. We share them with others because they're so great. We wouldn't share it if it wasn't life transforming. If we weren't renewed by Christ, by the power of the Spirit, and made into new creations, then why would we share it? But we're called to share out of our thanksgiving, praising God and telling others about him. One of the highest forms of praise in this world is when you tell someone else about how great someone else is, right? They say, like, praise publicly and, like, correct privately or whatever. So one of my favorite things to do is to go on a youth retreat or mission trip and to spend a weekend with kids. I don't know their parents, to love on the kids, to get to know them and, like, make a connection, see them serve, see them grow closer to Christ and then come home. And we park, and the parents show up to pick up their kids and to talk about a child in front of their parents 
and to say how fun and great and grateful and full of service and friendly and kind that child was is more honoring to that kid than if I just told it directly to them. Because their parents go, whose kid are you talking about? (laughs) Often that's the response. It's like, my kid? (laughs) But seriously, I mean, it's like there's nothing better than somebody saying something great about you in the presence of others, right? Like there is just this idea of like, oh, that's a great form of praise. So when we tell others about God, God is glorified. He's so pleased. He doesn't need our praise. He doesn't need our thanks because he in himself is holy and full and totally lacking nothing. But yet when we do tell others about him, it's like, oh, do you know this guy, Jesus Christ? Gosh, he's awesome. God is glorified in us sharing with others. This is what he did for me. This is how he loves me. This is what he did for the people before me. This is how he loves the world and he planned for their redemption and salvation. Why wouldn't we share this good news with other people? So we are called not only to be thankful for our own hearts and lives, but to praise God by sharing that with others and bringing them in on the story and showing them the good news of Jesus Christ. Telling about the marvelous works of God, getting specific. A lot of us are scared to tell about Jesus to random people, right? We're not I'm not super like evangelistic by nature. I have trouble sort of getting up the gumption. I know I'm a pastor. It's like, what? But that's not my top spiritual gift, I'll just say. Um, and so, but you know what is so not intimidating? It's just telling about your story, right? Like you don't have to go to seminary. You don't need to know the Bible front and back. There are people and there are books to help you with the specifics if you don't know them all. But when you sit down and say, God met me when I was at my lowest place, and I give him thanks for that every day. That's a powerful testimony, right? That's all you have to do is open that conversation. Share about where God has been in your life, where you are thankful, and then people will receive that. They'll see that and go, ooh, I want what she's drinking. I want what he's having. It's the most effective way to share about Jesus. So friends, when you find yourself in a spiral, I think we've all been there, kind of negativity, negativity, down, down, down. It's too hard. It's too scary. It's too dark. Take a second. Look up. Get out of your own world for a minute. Give thanks to God. Open to Psalm 9. Even if you can't feel it, you can say the words of Scripture over and over. The Holy Spirit is at work. Get out of the small world. Look at the flowers outside your window. What a miracle that God would grow such beautiful flowers. Or have you ever seen like an inchworm inch around? Like that's a weird thing and like God made that and that's pretty cool. Or like if you see a dragonfly land on you, give thanks to God because they kill the mosquitoes. So that's a good thing. There's a lot to be thankful for even when everything seems horrible. And it's really fun to do this with other people. Sit around your dinner table. Ask a child. What's something you're grateful for? You will be surprised at the wonder that children have in Thanksgiving. Maybe it's the Roblox video game. Maybe it's, you know, the the peas that they love. They love peas. What kid loves peas? No? Okay. So, but whatever it might be, the ice cream after dinner, you do? Yes. So give thanks for the peas. But whatever it is, share Thanksgiving with each other. It helps to knock you out of your own spiral. 
Sometimes we don't think that anything's happening beyond ourselves. Okay, okay, I want to be happier and healthier. I want to give thanks. That'll be good for my own life. But in the heavenly realms, when we praise God in this way, there are things that are happening that we can't see. When people come to know Jesus Christ, there is celebration in heaven. And we can do all of this for God's glory. Now, be careful not to go down the road of, I'm going to be thankful so that God loves me more. I'm going to be thankful because at church they said I need to be thankful and I'm going to do my duty and I'm going to check the box and be thankful. That's a half-hearted thanks. Thank you. It's not a wholehearted David type of thanks, right? And if you're not there again, the Holy Spirit will work with you on it. But just take that one minute to look and see what you might be thankful for because God is good. And as followers of Christ, even if you cannot find one thing to be thankful for in your day today, If you know Jesus, you can be thankful for a future in eternity with God because of Jesus Christ, a hope beyond this world. Let's practice this together. As we uh, finish up with some songs, I'm going to invite the band to come forward. As always, there will be a prayer team up front here today. If you are having trouble finding gratitude in your heart, if you just feel stuck in the spiral of darkness, we invite you to come pray with somebody today. We want to share those burdens with you, and we want to help remind you of the goodness of God. You might say, yeah, yeah, I guess God was there. But somebody praying for you and with you, we want to encourage you. Or maybe you have something to celebrate, a new baby or a new marriage or a new job, and you want somebody to pray with you and just thank God with you. Come pray. Or if you don't know the hope of Jesus, if you don't know that there's an eternal hope beyond this world today, that when you find no gratefulness, no gratitude in your life this moment, and you're wondering about this hope in the future, we want to talk to you about who Jesus is and how in your life, when we encounter the Lord of all and we see his son die for us, we are changed and transformed. So today, let us give thanks to God for his wonderful deeds. Let us recount all the things that he's done for us. But let us also not stop and keep it to ourselves, but let us share it with everybody. Let's share the good news of Jesus and show how thankful we are for God because God is glorified. So as we continue to worship today, let us worship with hearts full of gladness and gratitude. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your reminders of your faithfulness to us, to David, to the Israelites, to so many who have come before us and those who will come after us. Help us to step back, look up, and give you thanks, Lord. We are a grateful people because we know you. Help us to look outside of our circumstances to give you praise. And Lord, give us that extra measure of courage to share about how you've worked in our lives with somebody who's never heard of Jesus before. May hearts turn to you. May lives be transformed by the power of your spirit. Thank you for your love for us. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.